0: Good evening, everyone. I'm Ian James Wright from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to The Alphabetical Fugazi, the only podcast that devotes an episode each to discussing every song in the band's catalog from Fuga-A to Fugazi. z This episode is a bit different for a couple of reasons. So early on in the podcast, some observant listeners pointed out that I had gone through the A songs without doing the track Afterthought, from the instrument soundtrack. So this wasn't an error. In fact, before I got started with the whole project, I was wrestling with the problem of what to do about that release, the instrument soundtrack, right? Because some of the tracks were demos of songs that ended up on proper albums. So those songs would get their own episode anyway, and I could probably talk about the demo then. But all the little odds and ends tracks had me wondering if there was enough to say about them to devote a whole episode to them. Uh, And if they were truly Fugazi songs in the first place, if they had never been played live, for instance. So these things were rattling around in my head. In the end, what I decided is to not give those tracks their own episodes and instead try to do an episode on the instrument soundtrack as a whole. And that episode will be coming to you in just a few weeks. Don't miss that one. It'll be good. Um, However, it always seemed to me that the song I'm So Tired would have to be an exception because of its improbable popularity. Uh, I might have to give it its own episode. And I was a bit on the fence about whether to do that when the hosts of the podcast Blotto Beatles proposed that we do a special crossover event, which sounded like a lot of fun to me. So I'm going to be on their podcast in about a month's time, talking about I'm So Tired by the Beatles, and they're here with me today to discuss I'm So Tired by Fugazi from the instrument soundtrack released in 1999. So welcome, Scotty. Hey. Becker. Hey, Ian. Thank you for having us. And Tommy.
1: Hey, man. Uh, thank you so much for having us. Really excited to be here with you.
0: No, thank you guys. It was great to be on your show. So we recorded uh, for listeners who are confused. If we seem to be talking in uh, uh, about things in reverse, we recorded the Blotto Beatles episode already. That's going to be released. And I I just recommend that my listeners, if you're interested in hearing me on that show, just go ahead and subscribe to their show now. uh, And you'll be the first to know when it gets released. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But just so they know what they're getting into, um, Tommy, can I ask you to explain the concept of Blotto Beatles and and what you fellas do over there?
1: Yeah, so I'm here uh, tonight, Ian, with with two of my best friends in the world, uh, guys I've been hanging out with since I was probably 16, 17 years old. Um, when we were uh, playing in what was, uh, at, at the time, like Cape Cod's version of the DC punk scene, uh, w- was really how <laughs> we got to know each other, just VFW halls and our bands playing together. And, uh, after, you know, graduating from high school, all ended up in Boston and found ourselves, uh, at, at bars together and, and. I don't know uh, how things are for you, but I know that when I spend a night at a bar with some friends, you end up on some weird tangential topics that, uh, e- where one friend will pick an argument that doesn't really exist. That's not just a Fugazi pun. It's a real <laughs> argument. And, <laughs> uh, you know, you're looking for the heroes and the villains in those discussions. And so many times this would happen when I'm hanging out with Becker, hanging out with Scotty, and we would fall into the trap of talking about the Beatles. And um, when, when, For a couple of years, we've said, oh, geez, that would be fun if we did a Beatles podcast. And um, when this pandemic started, we were all sitting at home and talking over text and occasionally the, you know, a Zoom call or something like that. And I said, why don't, you know, now is the time. Why don't we just get on this and and see where it takes us? And uh, I will say, you know, you wouldn't expect a podcast where the premise is, let's have some drinks and talk about the Beatles to be a really rewarding, creative endeavor, but we're going through it track by track. We are discussing these songs. we've brought on great guests and gotten to know great people like you and uh we're going through track by track and and ranking these songs uh at the end in the moment, just you know really trying to pick where we think the you know each tune lands in the catalog of over two hundred Beatles songs. And then uh, Scotty painstakingly records each of those tunes uh, for every episode, and Becker and I ruin it with uh, terrible drunken karaoke at the end of every episode. So. And
2: Ian didn't remark upon it, but he, you also get to hear Ian singing uh, in our episode. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh yeah, you get
0: to hear me singing, you get to find out what my alcohol of choice is, you get to see how I do in, in fun Beatles trivia games, so if, you, if you've been listening to this show and you're curious about uh, who I am outside of uh, as a Fugazi fan, this is your chance. You didn't mention the fun game either, did you, about uh, the magical mystery word. That's fun. That's true. So
1: every week uh, we have our executive producer with us, Scotty C., and and, uh, he's truly like the third host of the show and then does all the heavy lifting before and after every episode. But Scotty, uh, in between picking tracks uh, for the episodes when we don't have a guest and recording those tracks and syncing us up and making us sound like... Some level of broadcasters who know what they're doing. He also picks a magical mystery word for each episode. And that word is something that probably has something to do with the song. Probably is a discussion point that Scott is trying to prognosticate and figure out where we're going to go with that discussion. And if we say that word, uh, we all have a shot on standby and we have to do a shot when we say that word. So there are times... The magical mystery word has gotten pretty dangerous for us in our uh just under a year uh, of recording podcasts, but again, uh, a lot of fun. And you know, when you get to just hang out with your two best friends and have a couple drinks and talk about things you love, not much better than that, right?
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like, I gotta say, when I first you know, you guys got in touch with me and I listened to your podcast, I was a little suspicious. I was like, you know, they're they're hanging out, they're they're drinking. They're boozing it up. They're make. They're cracking corny jokes right off the top. Is this kind of like a bro t- sort of thing? But no. In fact, like you guys really do give the music its due respect. Like you, you talk in depth. Like you, you know what you're talking about from a musical perspective. Uh, you, you get in there with the music. So you, you get in with the lyrics. Um, sort of much the way I do. It, the, the only difference is your show is much more fun. I can admit it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, man. <laughs> you, uh, I, I will say, and I, I don't want to go. Too too off
1: track here, but um, you were, uh, an early podcast, Becker was talking about this when you were uh, on our show last weekend. Um, One of the, you know, I I was looking around, Becker had hollered out and said, hey, we all love Fugazi. I mean, probably as much as we love the Beatles, check out what this guy's doing. I think it's really special and important. And I'm going to say also, when when everything was happening um, in the late spring and early summer, especially connected to things like George Floyd and the protests that were taking place, um, to hear you get on the mic at the beginning of an e- episode and take like a really hard stand and be like, this is what I believe and this is what's important and I'm not going to tolerate people who uh, promote this kind of cruelty and things like that. Um, that was eye opening for me in a way to be like, we started this as just like a fun endeavor and we kind of, we all, um, you know, growing up and kind of playing some level of punk rock or whatever, clearly have political beliefs that are important to us and, and things like that and it was like well this is this is not that right we're not going to do that when I heard you say that I was like all right I, I'm not going to be afraid anymore to get up and be like this is something important to me on, on this cast and we've been able to do that a couple times so you know for whatever uh fun we've given you thank you for also giving us something serious and being like okay this medium whatever it is can be used for more than just the corny jokes they're not that corny, are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Spend a lot of time on those puns uh. again. <laughs> let's, let's grace here. I mean... I feel like literally the least I could do so i I, I refuse to take too much credit for that but um, yeah thanks very much and and from my perspective uh, I gotta say having done your show last weekend you know since this pandemic has started uh, it's it's honestly one of the best social times i've had in in almost a year's time like all, the company that i've had mainly for this whole time has been uh you know my my wife and my toddler uh, daughter so not that I don't love them but it's great to <laughs> hang out with you guys and uh, just go deep on the uh, the Beatles and Fugazi like that. So, I had a blast and uh yeah to to listeners out there who are looking for more of a thing like that as a proxy for, you know, before we can get back to our real lives and hangouts with our real friends. Yeah, Blotto Beatles is a is a good way to do that. So, yeah, my my highest recommendation uh and uh cheers to you guys and Congrats thank you so on. much yeah
2: i mean i think to say like we we love the beatles and we're so excited to have a project where we're talking about the beatles uh constantly but um to come on and regroup with you and get to talk about another band that that time you said that we're also so crazily passionate about that was so important to us um has been a really nice uh change of pace so so thank you for having us and i really You're thought do you think you said it in the upfront i thought that when i reached out i was like Oh, we're probably grabbing like a slightly lesser track in the fugazi world i was like you know you yeah. are uh you've got some heavy hitters you've had some great guests that are, are certainly i mean i've been uh, i've been front row for fugazi so i've been pretty close to fugazi but you have um you've really had some insiders and some folks that are, are, are super close to the band and so i was like oh well, we'll talk about you know i'm so tired we've got the beatles tie-in and then we spoke about a little bit last week i looked at the you know Spotify has, this is basically their second uh, highest list in tune. I think someone brought that up and like that blew me away. I I really had, I had no idea. So, uh, thank you for giving us these, uh, this real estate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Um, I guess before we actually jump into talking about, I'm so tired, do any of you have, uh, anything you'd like to say about, you know, usually I, I, I give my guests a chance to say how they got into Fugazi or if they have any stories about seeing them live or anything like that. Um, Anybody have something to say about your experience with the band uh, before we jump in?
2: Yeah, for me, my first exposure was I was a um, eighth grade or a freshman in in high school and I was in a uh, film study program with older kids, uh, with seniors at school. And we were working on a film project and they cut, uh, it was very much ended up like sort of a a Reservoir Dogs uh, ripoff really, but they cut the first (laughs) scene to Waiting Room. And I had never heard Fugazi and I had never heard... Um, certainly never heard waiting room and that just i don't know what like i mean clearly i think everyone has probably had a real reaction to waiting room so it's not uh it that's not special in that moment alone but um that sort of blew me away and i dove into fugazi intensely from there and then um a couple months later i started a band i grew up with um ben kohler who now plays drums in converge and we had a job and we had a band in high school I was over his house one night and he was playing the Minor Threat live at 9.30 Club video um, on VHS and I had never heard of Minor Threat and so it had destroyed my world completely that this dude Ian was in Minor Threat and then had eventually become uh, Fugazi and then uh, really I just kind of strapped in from there. I think I got the chance to first see Fugazi um, in 96 and, and there probably hasn't been a live band that has lived up to it since then.
1: Yeah, for for me, um, Ian, my story ha- actually is maybe, I, I came in and read medicine, which I know you've talked uh, a, a few times, that was the, the entry point for you, and I was a freshman in high school, and a, a guy that was a year older than I was, we were talking about music, and he knew that I was starting to, I, I was playing drums at the time, and starting to, you know, I grew up in a situation where it was, uh, I decided I was in a band, and then I started playing drums, so uh, I, I was really figuring that stuff out and he played guitar and stuff. And so we were talking, he was like, oh, you should check these guys out. And the way he described Fugazi to me was there are a bunch of weird old guys and they're kind of funny, <laughs> which is like how I might describe like built to spill or wean, you know, <laughs> like I, I don't know that that's the description I would use for Fugazi. And so I went I don't think and- I knew they were funny until instrument.
2: Right. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs>
1: Um and, and so I went out and I bought Red Medicine, uh, you know, a couple months later when it came out. And on that same day, I bought Shudder to Think's Pony Express record. Um, And, and so that's like, you know, life changing day for me right there, of course. And I'll be honest, like the Shudder to Think stuff hit me way harder than the Fugazi stuff initially. Um, And I liked it. I liked Pony Express record, but... It's such a weird album because it's got all that demo stuff before some of the songs. You're like, what is this and who are these guys and what's really going on? And you're trying to kind of piecemeal it together. Um, moving to Boston a couple of years later, I remember I was hanging out, actually, Becker with one of your roommates at the time uh, one night and he, he was talking about Fugazi. I was like, yeah, I mean, I like it. I, I have read Medicine. I have 13 songs. I, I, I don't know, though, like it's not grabbing me the way it, it, I think it grabs other people. And he was like, "Go out and buy it in on the Kill Taker. That's what you need to do." And so the next day, I went down to in your ear and I found a five dollar used copy in on the Kill Taker, and I threw it on. And was like, oh my, it just blew my fucking mind, really. And then to go back to Red Medicine after that and be like, oh, like you see the progression, and you see you see the way these guys grow as a band, like get friggin' better every single record. It felt like. And then you know, a couple of years later, the argument comes out, and uh, at, at that point. Um, so, you, you know, it just it changed everything for me, you know, and, and to discover them at first at like 15 years old and then like really dive in at 20 years old when I'm, you know, you're on your own and you're trying to figure out uh, what your life is going to be. I, I think, you know, it's just it's preaching to the choir here. Right. Everyone yeah. that's listening to this podcast already loves them. And, and Red Medicine is probably still to this day my favorite Fugazi record, I think.
0: Although I do have to say, like I couldn't blame anybody who prefers Pony Express record to Red Medicine or, or, or <laughs> that any Fugazi so release, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> as much as I love Fugazi, like I can't fault that choice. That is an amazing oh my record. God.
1: I still shudder to think that I mean they were huge for me in high school. Huge, huge. And you know, it's so funny. I without understanding like really punk, without understanding Discord records and Ian Mackay and like this whole, you know, movement that's kind of taking place. I buy these two <laughs> records not realizing that like I'm buying uh, the record of a band that was on Discord and kind of was like, "Well, screw you. We got the major label deal. We're going to go over here." And like, you know, that that DIY aesthetic is kind of out the window at that point. But uh, uh, I love Shudder to think one of my favorite bands still to this day.
0: Yeah. How about you, Scotty? Uh, any uh, Fugazi
3: experiences, stories? I came to Fugazi a, a bit later, honestly. Um, I was way into more of uh, like as a teenager uh, in the teenager times, I was more into like the LA SST scene and I didn't really even know who Fugazi was until I was an adult. And I, I'm sure Tommy or Becker played him for me and it, it hit me right in the wheelhouse for sure. I I love their honest energy and just the total like control of their emotions coming through their, their instruments. And it, i've loved them since for sure i wish i was younger when i found them but you know we have our own paths
2: and like tommy yeah. was saying early on and uh, scotty was alluding to it, but we we all played in bands growing up we grew up on on cape cod um massachusetts and i think we really tried to echo everything on sort of the little bites we could learn about what was happening in dc and and certainly what was happening with, with discord and 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 anything we could catch with ian talking about something back we didn't have the the internet accessibility to sort of him that we have now um so whether it was myth or or rumor or whatever we could find we were like oh this is this is how they're doing it down there like let's let let's try and make something happen here and um i think we had a good couple of years with it and and certainly it was amazing for us to to i think grow up in that you know
1: yeah i don't think i knew what a scene was but i knew we had one you know like and um it, it it still to this day affects me ha- having that as, as a part of my youth and like a DIY way of doing things and, and forging your own path and making your own decisions
2: so. so Ian once you wrap up this podcast series if you want to do a series on our band it's it's fine we'll, we'll, yeah. Yeah, we'll <laughs> let you the
1: cape scene in the 90s I mean, you've probably heard of it
0: <laughs> you guys have uh, an archive of zines I can pour through <laughs> there's a pretty good zines Facebook Fadespires group actually <laughs> Well, yeah, today, as we said, we're talking about I'm So Tired, a song from the instrument soundtrack and a song that has like sort of a scene devoted to it in the film Instrument where the band is is, like listening to this demo in that instrument scene, by the way, in case it's been a while since our listeners have seen it, they're listening to it and they bring in a drum track as they're listening to it. uh, And so you can sort of hear what it would sound like with drums. Um, I guess that's the direction they were considering going. And uh, afterward, like the next sort of shot, it shows Joe, Lally, and someone else off camera whistling the melody, like, Mm -hmm. which is really relatable because I think a lot of people would say it's pretty, pretty hooky little, maybe hooky is the wrong word, but it's, it's a, it's catchy. It's an earworm. Yeah. 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 Um, And uh, so this song, just as a, as a little bit of background, I found this snippet from a live Washington Post online Q&A session from uh, August 20th, 1999. There was uh, somebody from New York, New York said, I was certainly intrigued by your piano piece on instrument. I'm so tired. Was <clears throat> was that a rarity or have you written more songs like that one? Might you ever record a studio version of the song? And how long have you been playing piano? And Ian Mackay responds, he doesn't answer all those questions, but he says, uh, quote, I consider the piano my main instrument and have been playing for as long as I can remember. It seems to me that I might have come up with something resembling a song as early as four or five years old. I'm So Tired was a song I wrote for possible use by the band and recorded it as a demo. The band never used it, but it ended up in the movie and soundtrack because Jem, the film director, shot a scene of us listening to it. End quote. So, um... Mm. That's my little intro that I have to do. Um as as we've said, it's sort of rocketed to fame in an improbable way. It's um yeah, it's way high up on the list on Spotify. If you search uh on YouTube, there are like hundreds of people covering it. Um yeah. maybe, maybe the most famous is Jenny Lee of the band Warpaint, but also multiple people who have been on this podcast have covered it. Adam Davis of Narboots uh did a great cover. Cole Pepper, uh, who I just had on the uh, the Hello Morning episode, recorded a cover. So it's like it's it's definitely I would say the most covered Fugazi song. So um, I guess we can uh, we can sort of take it from there. Um, uh, Any of you want to? jump in somewhere with something you'd like to say about the music or the lyrics or whatever else.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think part of your lead in is, is pretty intriguing that, that Ian would, would raise his hand a bit to say that this is part of his method. Cause it, what this song hints at is, is, is awesome. And whether it's a full, ever became a full Fugazi song or, or what its potential could have been. But for me a little bit, it's exciting to be like, what else in this vein exists? Like what other Fugazi Ian piano recordings are out there? You know, I mean, clearly we haven't you know there's there's clearly plenty of demos i think that haven't seen the light of day as like an official release but um is there a lot more of this and and you know that's pretty intriguing
1: yeah and i have no idea about that it's funny that they fugazi's divin dived dove, divin so hard <laughs> into the uh the, the live archives, right? Like that you, you can go on, you can buy, you know, and it, I only got to see Fugazi one time, um, and, and I can go buy that show, you, you know, and I like, that's amazing, but we don't have that sort of process or demo version of them throughout their history much, right? It, it, we have that original four song, uh, demo that came out a couple of years ago and there's, you know, we've all heard. Uh, I'm sure some of these Albini mixes from the original "In on the Kill Taker" stuff, but there's got to be so much more, especially with the amount that we know that they practiced and got together, and I, they they played in a band as a job. That was a forty-hour week thing, whether they were touring or practicing or writing a record, whatever it was.
0: Yeah, I feel like a takeaway that I had from listening to the instrument soundtrack, and I, it seems a lot of other people is that. You just get this feeling of wow, this has to be just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Like, what else is there? And uh, I've I've kept like wondering, are they gonna drop something on us at some point? That would be amazing. I, f- I feel like I've talked to a lot of other people who feel the same. And uh, I mean, it's it's a similar thing to the little demo bits on Red Medicine, right? It just gives you yeah. this idea of like, oh, there's so much crazy stuff on tape some of it might be like uh really weird and abrasive sounding but some of it might be just like sparkling little diamond of beauty
2: and apparently ian saves everything and categorizes it and catalogs it and archives it and so you know it's there and you know it's organized yeah. and you know he could put fingers on it but um they're probably also a band that i can see also saying well i'm, I'm gonna we've released the versions we care to release i know they did that that demos release the the first demo um uh couple years ago i forget what that was but i can also see them being like these are the versions that we we want on the world like we've we've put out what we're going to put out you know um
0: it's one of the things too that um you know we've 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 said before that the beatles as a point of comparison has come up a surprising number of times on this show um as as different as fugazi might seem from the beatles that's one other area like there have been so many beatles re-releases where they have all these like demos and like, you know, outtakes and things like that to the point where it gets a little tedious, right? It's like okay, here's the 12th uh, you know, 12th demo of Strawberry Fields Forever or just like something like <laughs> yeah. that. But but somehow like if you're a Beatles fan, it's just like yeah, I want to listen to all these. I want to see how things built up and evolved. It's like, it's just super interesting.
1: I, I do think in the song here, what I felt w- when I was listening back to it m- more over the last week or two to me, this is such a precursor to where Ian gets um, at the end of Fugazi, you know, and, and then even even into the evens, uh, just in, in probably like finding melody a little more in his singing and working on more of a singing voice um, and, and kind of picking out notes rather than, uh, listen, I love shouty anthemic Ian, don't get me wrong, I'm never going to front on that, but you know, he's working on, on finding something maybe a little prettier here. Um, and I, lo- I know there are not many people that love The Evens. I loved The Evens, the, those few records that they came out with. And maybe there'll be some more later. Um, but especially that last one, The Odds, I, I think was really hinting at, at something special. Um, and, and I hear that here. You know, I, I hear it and I'm so tired in, in, in the way he's working his voice and, and trying to find a path a little more than just like yell at us and, and tell us what to think.
2: Ian, do you have any thoughts on why this tune is like sort of next to waiting room in, in listen, you know, in, in listenership, you know, Yeah, that did blow my mind. Like I was yeah. legit surprised about it. You know, it would be more
0: understandable if it had been presented to the worlds on the sort of the same level as some of their more, what I would, what I would have assumed were better known songs. Like, yeah, it's, it's so weird that for a track buried in the middle of a soundtrack to like this weird documentary art film about, mm-hmm. about Fugazi, who is like, I mean, let's face it. They're not the Beatles, uh, fame level. Like how did this track become so well known? And like, yeah, my, my theory that I've always had is like, this is the song that everyone who loved the, who loved Fugazi, uh, showed this to their friends who didn't love Fugazi. And they're like listen to this like <laughs> if, you, if you don't like their normal thing check this out and yeah just the melody is so strong as he said it's um can't underestimate a great melody that mm-hmm. was one
2: of my th- a similar thought that i had too and in, in thinking about it was um we're all men of a of a certain age on this call and um ian on our show you 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 remarked on, on having uh, having had some loves in your life but this is also maybe the song that you would put uh on the mixtape Right, we've all probably made that mixtape and sent it somewhere, um, hoping for some message to to come through with it. Um, but this is probably the Fugazi track you put on it. Yeah, I,
1: I always put my on, on. I don't, I don't know why things didn't work out.
3: <laughs> I just put all R and B music. Come on, now. <laughs> you, that's You're why Scotty's the one who gets around. all the action. Yeah, Scott yeah. gets it, man. <laughs>
0: You know, like all these fugazi guys are striking out <laughs> <laughs> yeah why are there only boys at these shows <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's not true though that's, that's one thing i liked about instrument yeah um, you're right is when they did a lot of the um fan sort of montage type stuff and sometimes they spoke and sometimes it was just imagery i liked that a lot and you, it was cool to see like what band tees they were wearing because it could be like some metal band or another punk mm-hmm. band and it was a good variety even like uh I forget I'll ban him I mean, Jane's Addiction or somebody had a Jane's Addiction shirt it was cool
0: that the film is so interesting the people they choose to interview the fans like some of them were like talking shit about them and they're yeah. like oh yeah. they're, they suck now like their, their good stuff is long behind them
2: like, they say they've sold out some dude in the parking lot like they've totally sold out I think yeah it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's them. it's
0: and like they they chose all that stuff to, to put in there <laughs> yeah. right I, I just think they they really got a kick out of it um yeah <laughs> it was great to. See. I know you said
2: you're gonna do a full show on instrument so I don't want to go too far down that path for you but this was the first time too that you ever got to see the curtain sort of really peeled back and Tommy said in the upfront is, is what his friend said as a recommendation but I I thought that Fugazi and Ian and all that and Guy like were very serious, you know. And yeah. I did know this I, I did have this sort of because it was what was passed down from the older kids, like this monkish vibe when they're like, Oh, is it true you don't have heat or you eat only rice or whatever? And like those rumors are were hitting Cape Cod, And you're like, Yeah, Ian and they're all living <laughs> in a house together. There was a rumor that you could go to Discord House and Ian's mom would let you in and make cookies for you, even if Ian wasn't there. (laughs) And, uh, you know, there's just crazy stuff because things got to travel that that way. I actually can't believe knowing that you
1: didn't go on that pilgrimage. (laughs) 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 Were you vegan at the time, though? You weren't sure if they were going to have milk and eggs?
2: Oh, man, that's (laughs) well. And and to bring it back to the Beatles a little bit too, because that's what we talk about is I thought that this was going to be a cover of, um, I'm so tired by the Beatles.
0: Uh, It's very audacious to write a song with the same title as a Beatles song, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I, always uh, thought that about like, for example, like let it be the album by the replacements. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, which to be honest, I, I like it better than the Beatles album. Let it be. But, but it's like, wow, that's ballsy. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Sure. and that's it i mean that's an awesome move on the on the replacements part i actually really respect that and that is an, an awesome album um but i had only i saw the track list for this and so i saw i'm so sort of tired around there and then i'd heard the rumor that there was a sort of piano ian only song on here also like someone was talking about that before i had listened been able to listen to it and so i was like well they covered the beatles and then there must be an ian piano song like that's instantly what i thought but have you guys true.
0: talked on your show about um any other other bands who have written a different song with the same name as a Beatles song—it doesn't seem to be like to be that common.
2: Is there another Pommel-themed Pam? I'm not sure if there is. <laughs> does, does Springsteen do a Pommel-themed Pam? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I I looked up this uh, a little bit. Apparently, so there's a song called "Don't Let Me Down" by uh, Chainsmokers, which is actually like on pop radio now. I think. Wow. Don't let me, don't let me, don't let me down. Huh? You know that one? Yeah. 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 Also, both. Uh, well, not both, but all three: Blur, Spiritualized, and Primal Scream all have songs called "Come Together."
2: Oh, wow. I do know the Spiritualized "Come Together." Um, yeah, that that's actually pretty interesting. I, I I think there so. might yeah. there
0: might be some other ones with like that are called like "Because" or something, but I don't I don't sure. think we should count that. <laughs> yeah,
3: the
2: one. I, I mean, I I sort of like when a band borrows from a band in that way. And whether, you know, whether they have some vague way to eventually address it or not. Like, I, I, I do like finding this through line through through all of these bands. And, and and the Beatles to another band is is a much more obvious through line, right? Because um, we have a podcast because we think the Beatles are one of the best bands in the world, right? And a lot of people think that. Um, but I love when sort of there is a, a little reference to, to something here or there. Um, so I kind of well, like but it. Also, the,
1: the Beatles were doing that as well right like that's the the whole thing with come together uh, here come flat top right what, what was that i don't have these notes in front of me i wasn't expecting to go here but it was like a chuck berry song maybe originally or, or something like that that um john lennon w- had legal trouble over it after writing come together and um so you know other people aren't alone in stealing from the beatles the beatles were doing it long before that. Oh
2: yeah for sure we keep on sure, covering sure. we keep uncovering that
3: that's that's tommy our, our resident scholar <laughs> yeah some
1: some
2: artist i don't remember who
3: <laughs> you were talking about the covers
2: ian and did you hear the um eddie vetter plays this solo yeah yeah and, i did uh, i did hear that one right i have not kept up with eddie vetter but he's sort of like um He's adopted in a solo voice. It sounds like Peter Gabriel to me a little bit. So <laughs> it's sort of him doing Peter Gabriel, but he's at like a pump organ um, playing I'm So Tired on, on like some solo shows. And I don't know. I thought it was, it played pretty, pretty well for me. I, I felt like it was, it was pretty earnest. And uh, Pearl Jam is, I think, a band that's kind of always name checked Fugazi. Um, yeah, they yeah, definitely for sure.
1: chain. I remember watching that Pearl Jam 20 documentary and they talked about how eddie had w- was hanging out with the the fugazi guys a bit and i think it probably has to do with touring with mike watt and things like that getting to know some different people um and then after that eddie was like no we tour in vans now this is what we
0: do and everyone else is like ed we're on the jet like, we'll, we'll see you in spokane i don't know what to tell you man i am stone gossard motherfucker yeah. <laughs> you do tell jeff I'm meant to take off his hat and get in a van <laughs> Shout out to uh, to uh, the Live on Four Legs podcast, by the way. I think his name is John Ferrar, uh, who's who was a guest on this show. Uh, he he probably has a good answer for how many times Eddie has done this. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if it was just like a weird one off that we all saw, or it's, if it's like
2: a thing he he regularly pulls out. Has Pearl Jam become like the the fish for us and people of our age, or something like that? Because it's oh, uh, uh you know I don't I don't want to riff on the, this this guy's podcast. Maybe he already has this angle, but. Um... <laughs> It just seems like that's where it's taken off to in a way, where people have set lists, they count how many times they've played these songs and all of that. I heard someone once say they are the Almond Brothers of our generation, which seems pretty (laughs) spot on. (laughs) That is, I mean, mean, that's certainly way more complimentary than than for me to (laughs) to call them the fish of our generation. So I did not mean that disparagingly, but I think it disparagingly.
0: (laughs) To pick up a a thread you dropped a little while back there, um, this song, listening to this song and the evens, really makes me just, like, muse over the possibility of Ian Mackay, like, if he could have been a pop songwriter in a more classic vein, like a like a mm-hmm. Burt Bacharach type. As a singer, maybe his voice is too idiosyncratic to be, like, successful there, but, if, like, I feel like he could have been a songwriter who, like, yeah, he'd he write songs like, hey, for other people. Yeah, <laughs> you'd make a great cop. You'd make a great cop. That would be amazing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but for yeah, sure. Like I think I, this shows off a chops that you didn't expect, which is why it is so exciting. And then you you're, you're like, well, like we were saying, what else is is out there that that sounds in this vein? And, and what else has he done? Or what else what else could he do? Except he's done so much great things. Why does he have to do anything else for yeah, us? You know,
3: right.
2: <laughs> and he keeps doing great things. You know, uh, we demand more. Yeah, <laughs> it's not enough that he gave us a record this this past year. Um, we just we still need more from this guy. <laughs>
3: I really love the vibe, the demo vibe, the sound of this recording. The yeah, bass, yeah. the bass notes on the piano—you can really feel like you're in the room. Like you can hear the squeak of the imperfections, and oh my god, that, it, that's great.
0: It sort of seems like a slightly out of tune piano yes. too, right? Oh yeah, it's you
2: know? very you're perfectly yeah. out of tune.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it happens, dude. Yeah,
2: that's what's great about the the Warpaint version, the Jenny Lee version—is it's just. Um... I think it's just bass and then drums come in at some point, but, um, or it's mostly bass. Um, I am happy
3: the, that Fugazi left the drums out. I I remember the part from instrument where they, they bring the drums in and it's like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Well, it's funny because like when I think of Fugazi, right. I, I think of the, the interplay of Guillenian, right. Whether it's vocally with the, the, more bassy sound of Ian's voice and the the more trebly sound of Guy's voice or the same with their guitars and, and how Ian's playing that chunky SG and, and Guy's playing the Rickenbacker but then also the interplay uh, of Brendan Joe with like that rhythm section is nothing compares to it and so like when I when I think that those are the special qualities about Fugazi to me and then to be like oh, this is the second most popular Fugazi song that's a piano demo. I'm like, huh, what am I missing?
2: (laughs) Yeah, like if you got someone to this Fugazi show by playing them this tune, Ian, uh, I don't know what they would think after that, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the other element too, since you bring that up, is about why this song is so widely covered and such, is like, so not only is there a great melody, but it's like, so imagine trying to cover a different fugazi song like a more quote unquote right. typical fugazi song how much room is there to do your own thing like i think for a lot of fugazi songs if you step away from what they did even a little it like it loses the magic like there's so much of their songs like what makes them great is exactly like the arrangement that they so they hammered out and they jammed over you know thousands of practices and got it exactly right whereas this there's a lot of space to you know both rhythmically you know just melodically harmonically <laughs> to play around with it it holds together um more uh
2: the more different things you do to it
0: yeah yeah j- that's
2: a really good point because there's probably a ukulele version out there of small box champion or something and like i don't want to hear it <laughs> 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 they are it's pretty... kind of, see i'm sorry i cut. Kind of, no no of, no you they're... say that you say that however
0: I will be recording an episode coming up with a band called Fugulele. <laughs> no
2: way! No way! That, that is That's an a...
0: all ukulele Fugazi cover oh band. My God.
2: I did wow. not. I did not know that.
0: And, uh, I'm going to tell them there's all this. Uh, New do England it, <laughs> How dare you?
3: I have to say, I'm tell them
0: there's some New England jerk who's like uh, who's <laughs> yeah. opposed to what they're doing.
3: He's a wicked jerk. I I will say um, I. I'm happy that I don't have to worry about the magical mystery word. I always have to be yeah. on edge on our show. Like, when are they going to say it? But if I was going to pick one, I think it probably would have been ukulele for this episode. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> you, think, you think we should tackle the lyrics? Oh, yeah. yeah, I would love to, yeah.
2: to. I would love someone to go first. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm i I'm more of a Don Cetera kind of guy. I'm not really a lyric guy, but uh, I'm more of an instrument and music guy. I will say Fugazi is pretty uncoverable. I know we're going back to a, yeah. a previous conversation a minute ago, but um, we let you guys do some lyric stuff. I have them in front of me though.
1: <laughs> L- lyrically, you know, if we're talking about maybe a comparison between the the Beatles, I'm so tired and the, this, this Fugazi tune, like they are both so world weary, you know, it, it is the, the tone I get here. Like, John Lennon in in the the Beatles one is finding uh, an obsession with Yoko Ono that he doesn't know how to address. He's He's got a wife and kid at home. He's in India. He can't sleep. He can't even have a drink to try and put himself down uh, because he, he's at this retreat with the Maharishi, and he's just clearly up in the middle of the night spinning when the, these lyrics kind of pour out of him. And the Ian one to me is, you know, there's... <laughs> Ian chooses not to have the drink, but then uh, outside of that, that that similar tone of just like a world weariness, and uh, like I don't know if we would say a depression, I don't know if he's talking about himself, or if he's writing about someone else, um, but that is the, the main tone I pick up from the lyrics.
0: I heard that Ian also thinks that Sir Walter Raleigh is a stupid git so we're yeah good there. <laughs> I'm sure he thinks he is <laughs> um yeah that's true I was and as as weary as Lennon's uh song is there is like that kind of positive spark to it like I mean y- you know even though he is married uh there's that thing that he's like he can't sleep because he's obsessed over this new love in his life whereas yeah the the Ian Mackay take is it's so, it's much more, like, resigned, defeated, isolated, yeah. possibly even suicidal. Like, you could read this as a Best. suicidal song. Yeah. Oh, man. Right? I yeah. have that about yeah. Yeah.
2: Suicidal, for sure, in a way. It
0: doesn't seem like a very Ian MacKay thing um, to to write about, like so I don't know a, if that was his
2: intention. About but. checking out, it, it seems to be the vibe, you know. Yeah. But it also has what I would almost say is one of Ian's most playful lines, right? The... Uh, it, the sheep are counting me. Like, is there a more playful Ian line yeah. in a Fugazi tune than than that? You know, um, that it, that turn of phrase is not like what what he writes about. You know, or typically, I think
0: this little piggy went to market. Soon <laughs> they're kicking out everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cash out. Like, yeah, that's yeah, playful, yeah, yeah, Playful, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. playful. Yeah, that's great. Right. Um, yeah. So, guys, what do you think? Th- I'm so tired. Sheep are counting me. Does this line actually make sense? yeah no so doesn't doesn't it imply that the reason you count sheep to get to sleep is because sheep are tired so that's why you count them but instead i'm so tired so sheep are counting me well have you made
1: them hop over the fence for so long that now (laughs) they are tired and need to go to bed you know and they're like i'm punching out here
3: man I've, i've done my job i never knew the sheep could see me (laughs)
1: they break that fourth wall i thought this was was a one-way mirror (laughs) uh
2: the vision of sheep and ian jumping over a fence i think is pretty funny so i I like that this evening but this song i also uh, it it had a couple sort of image imagery to me and i don't know that Ian ever addressed it or if it's ever a real thing but the sheep are counting me thing it certainly made me think about minor threat and their logo essentially being sort of the black sheep and definitely I don't think that he would necessarily make that call back or whatever, but I think there's there's an interesting angle here. But I I really do think after spending some more time that this song is maybe a little bit of a response to Waiting Room, and very much in the line where um, I have to go back and make sure I get it get it right here. But he says the the final lines basically, no more patient. You can write that down. It's all too crazy, and I'm not sticking around. Right, like. Fugazi essentially kicks off with the waiting room. Like Ian tells you he's a patient boy. And then we mm-hmm. wrap this tune by being like, yeah, I'm not sticking around, you know, uh, no more wow. patient. You know, I, it doesn't feel like coincidence to me.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Cause yeah, the whole waiting room is about, you know, just hating the feeling of being idle, right? Yeah. Like he, Ian wants to get into the scene Form a new band, get out there, make yeah. more music, and yeah, this is the counterpoint to it is like I'm working too hard, you guys, like I am exhausted, yeah um yeah i've I've listened to interviews with him before i I think even now, like you know after the fugazi years talking about his schedule, dude still he gets up really early in the morning, he like works all day um he's he's a he seems like a workaholic type of a guy
3: like it makes you tired.
2: <laughs> i i write a song the, about the it. the lyrics that
3: jump out to me the
1: most here and, and I, I don't necessarily know what they mean but um he says in spite of everything i've learned i hid my tracks spit out all my air slipped into cracks stripped of all my cares like i, I don't know how to break down meaning from that um but that idea of like spit out all my air i've gi- I've given everything i can and I, I don't know what else there is to give at, at this point of in time, like, and I don't even care. I'm stripped of that, you know. Like, the,
2: I don't think it's optimistic, guys. I'm starting to really <laughs> turn <laughs> that way. <out. laughs> yeah. About yeah. you, well, I think, and and part of why I love your podcasting is it makes me go back and, and think about and, and and listen to Fugazi t- songs, and it, it's also actually made me really think about Fugazi lyrics in a way that I I hadn't before. You know, I'd really sort of just wanted to memorize them so I could sing along while I was there or something like that. And maybe I wasn't taking them in, but. In general, they are they are so eternal. And this song works to be like this is about the last four years of having a Trump administration. This could be the last four years of living in a <laughs> right. pandemic. This is twenty years ago that Ian had a vibe that he was so tired and whatever that meant. Like it is amazing how eternal um this is. And in some way, um uh, I know Ian probably talks about tunes more than more than Guy does, but not openly addressing it and to be like, This is about this woman or this is about this moment, I felt that. Um I think does keep some magic to to this art, and while I find it frustrating sometimes with artists because I do just want to want to know what it's all about, I I respect here and in the moment and in a ton of Fugazi writing that it's like we're leaving this here, and, and it 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 makes it it makes it eternal, mm-hmm. and definitely. And I
0: I feel like I relate to it on a level, especially those lines you brought up. Um, you know, hid my tracks, spit out all my air, slipped into cracks. It's like this feeling of vanishing wanting to vanish perhaps mm-hmm. like uh, and it reminds it brings back this specific memory of like when i was living in new york being in a band i remember there was this one night like walking home from band practice which is like you know every week go out practice these songs really hard that you know you know is probably not gonna go anywhere ultimately you know every once in a while you play a show it's fun you know you have a handful of people come out and see you play your songs that you worked so hard on Mm -hmm. but that's that's the extent to which it goes so i'm coming back from another one of these practices you know get off the subway walking from the subway to my apartment it's cold it's winter in brooklyn and i remember walking past this one like this sort of gap between cars and looking at the gutter and having this sudden feeling like i just want to like lie down in the gutter right here and and die like and this wasn't like a serious thing like I wasn't actually feeling suicidal it's just one of those momentary feelings that you have sometimes and it it was so weird and like that's that's this second stanza to me it's just like oh my god putting so much work into this uh and, (laughs) and just like not maybe not being sure about you know if it means anything that's that's a feeling that's a vibe. Yeah. And I think we we can probably
1: all relate to that. Right. Like the, there's been uh, these aren't things we, we talk about for good or ill when we're talking about things like, you know, if we want to get more and more serious about mental health um, and, and what it means to that, it should be talked about more. But I think we can all connect to the idea of like hitting a wall and being like, I'm just fucking done, man. Like, I, I can't right now. And Thank goodness, we, the four of us have all been able to step up and get over that, right? But yeah. that is the the universal piece of this song. That while this is not my favorite Fugazi song, and will never be my favorite Fugazi song because it doesn't bring the the but things that I. It's your, it's I, your I, second favorite song. It's my this. Oh, you've heard Waiting Room. I was going to put it on a mix for you. Um, <laughs> but you know, like I, I think that for people that don't maybe get Fugazi, and I understand why someone wouldn't. Um, you know, the, the things that I love about them, this doesn't necessarily offer, but this offers something universally open. This opens a door that everyone can kind of find their way into, I think.
0: I think it was, uh, Becker who mentioned like the sort of imagery of the, sh- of the sheep being interesting. There's, there are some like quick little metaphors crammed into here, um, that I think are interesting. Uh, like in the first stanza, I can't be reached only had one call. Like that seems like a clear sort of parallel of being so tired with like being arrested and mm-hmm. um I'm actually not sure if has, has Ian Mackay ever talked about having been arrested
2: um Seems like I mean, something that about might the happen. Early at some early days in DC, and like they were all yeah. sort of like beating the shit out of each other, and yeah. all that <laughs> hiding stuff. out would, in the would, back uh, of pizza
1: places. and I stuff. think you
2: hang out with Rollins long enough in your teens, yeah. and you get arrested. <laughs> I think you know that that has to happen. You know? Yeah, I've
0: I've never been arrested myself, but it sounds like an exhausting experience for sure. <laughs> yeah,
2: and so does hanging out with Rollins. By the
3: way, <laughs> it <just> sounds <laughs> yeah. exhausting. Yeah. You think that um, I noticed, You know, Fugazi likes to be shirtless. You think they got that from Rollins, or they're just getting real sweaty? Or
2: <laughs> well, they're not wearing the shorts that Rollins wears, so they—that's yeah, probably what Henry was trying to push: yeah. the, the black flag, uh, like muscle shorts that Rollins loved to rock.
3: I love a shirtless band. Do you? Oh yeah, yeah. I love shirtless anything. You've <laughs> never <had> asked to... <laughs> me to be shirtless in any of the bands we played in together. <laughs> Why not? It's hard to bring up. <laughs> How do
0: you feel about pantsless red hot chili peppers like yeah, is that doing I'm for you? down for that too, man? Let's do this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You have uh, you have just given me a sock and said, you know what to do with this
0: <laughs> Let's go crush this encore <laughs>
2: uh, This this is a bro podcast I take it back <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say in the middle of the lyrics and breaking those down I wanted to be like would a bro talk like this and then we really
3: ruined it <laughs> Sorry guys
2: it's
0: good. We need levity to counteract the uh, the, <laughs> exactly. the the darkness that this song brings out of us. Um but yeah, also just like a lo- a two-word line just um slipped right in there is dragged underneath. Like mm-hmm. that's that's interesting to me. That I mean makes me think of drowning, like being caught in a rip tide or something and I think that's that's probably a I mean, if people are writing in imagistic language about being tired, I'm sure that's a pretty common sort of uh, metaphor to draw
2: and I think the plotting vibe of this tune sort of hammers that vibe home a bit for me Like I think that there's a real uh, There's something in the music that that ties to that line
0: There's a sort of like up-and-down wave motion going on to the sound of this tune um, it, yeah. is it fair of us to ask if we think Ian's
1: talking about himself or someone else
0: Um, uh, yes, it's fair. I'm I'm going to rule <laughs> In favor right. of fairness, <laughs> what, and what, do you what do you think? Let, let me let me throw that, let me throw it right back at you. While I, you think can't of put a mirror to my face, <laughs> don't you dare. Um, I, I I I always did assume that it was about him. Uh, yeah, I, I think he tends to be a pretty autobiographical songwriter. Um, he's like he's he's written a lot of songs about himself i think and his his sort of outlook what he feels like his role is um, and yeah so it it all lines up to me
2: personally i i agree yeah, with i you think about, that in ian songs i think the I is is ian without too much you're, you
1: telling. okay so i was originally gonna say it, it feels to me like he's trying to put himself in someone else's shoes whether it's a story of a friend or 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 something like that um is the way i've always felt about it that's a really fair point though becker uh, about that and ian you said it too like he's so autobiographical in his songwriting usually um now the 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 counter argument here might be well this is a different animal right like this isn't the normal ian song from the outset
2: oh it's a song that's even more intimate a man alone with his piano (laughs) could it be about him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nothing to hide behind uh, yeah. could it be about someone else um uh, i'm always i mean I'm, I'm i'm way open to the the sentiment i think i just have never i've never taken ian as that that songwriter yeah. you know like the i is ian and the they is uh, some vague uh, you know uh, machinations or machinery that exists in in, in general society you know and yeah, i, don't, I, I actually don't want that's i don't want to oversimplify ian at all because i I love his songs and and i, I love Gee's writing too um but um much like the beatles they come together as two distinct uh composers scotty c mm-hmm. sent me a note today that we sort of were, were talking about and that that was one of the other things we didn't hit on on the beatles but um just these two these two voices that come together so so yeah, amazing john and paul and respect each other in the in, this, <laughs> in the space <laughs> it would be super interesting like not that
0: there's any reason because they're all all the members of Fugazi are are with us at this time but like it it sort of makes me think of um free as a bird right like mm-hmm. it's sort of imagining yeah. what what if all the fugazi guys uh, sort of came together and and put their own uh music <laughs> to this and like made it into a quote-unquote full song like, yeah that, this
2: this would oh, be yeah. the track to do it with right? they would have yeah. done it with this yeah yeah, yeah.
1: i don't do you know think if they would, he have he got... would have just put a bunch of slide guitar on it though? Like, <laughs> I don't know if they would have got <laughs> Jeff Linn involved as
2: much but
1: yeah. uh, I, I think... oh my god if Jeff Lynne produced fugazi <laughs>
2: <laughs> it would have got a much more respectful treatment but yeah you're right this would have been the tra- that's basically what uh free as a bird started with your you're, that's uh yeah that that's a cool take
0: if there's nothing anyone else really wants to say about the lyrics i i do like to give our friends on social media a chance to weigh in with their thoughts uh on yeah. the song um let's see a, a lot of people had had takes on this um well seldom careful is a person who's been on this podcast he he um referenced what we were talking about he says the second best song called i'm so tired and to the credit of ian mackay it's a close one Um, we, we haven't, um, you know what? We haven't talked about that. Like whether you think this is a better, I'm so tired or the Beatles is a better, I'm so tired, but why don't you think about that? And we'll get to it in the next segment. Uh, right. So, uh, that's coming up Uh, Michael McDonald on the Facebook page says uh, it's usually in the most played Fugazi songs on Spotify and I don't get it other than the it's Fugazi but on piano how unexpected niche factor it's to these ears one of the least interesting things they've done I don't think I've ever even finished it come to think of it Um, Colin Mack says I always thought it was kind of weird one to become super popular for instance a lot of people who aren't familiar with the band most likely know this song in waiting room seems odd for a piano piece that was only available on the somewhat obscure instrument soundtrack um, Nate Dykman says all I know is that I hope you talk about this he shares a link to uh, the Wu the track from the Wu like oh, yes. mashup album sleep rules everything around me um, <laughs> yep. I don't I don't know if you guys had anything in particular to, to say about that I had a I had another listen to it um earlier today like I I respect that project I just don't know that I have much to say about it it's like yeah, it's, exactly I, I
1: think especially for the time it came out it, it was I loved listening to it it was you know yeah. it was Yeah, I
2: mean, for me, I think it was great that like a a band you love like Fugazi sort of someone was putting, I don't, I don't know whoever did it, if they're a bigger fan of Fugazi or Wu-Tang, I absolutely know nothing about it. But I think that it was like, getting that sort of play and and anything that just sort of pops Fugazi back into my life, like, uh, I'm down with. And so I checked it out. I listened to it a bunch um, at the time, but I I haven't, I haven't gone back. Because I can listen to Fugazi. And I can listen yeah. to the tag <laughs> and uh, do it separately. And you do and your own work- mashups <laughs> It works. To that s- you're more proud <laughs> of. <laughs> Send them
0: to me all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, all I I like the final results. Um, so yeah, hat tip to to the Wu gazi project for me. Yeah. Um, Jared Coffin says this is just my opinion. I know it's not a popular one. I used to really like it. Then all these people started ripping it off on Instagram and YouTube. It was never played live, and I think it's from Ian's early years, but not too sure. Um, a lot of people should use this song to get into Fugazi, but after a while, I'd find it hard that it stays a favorite. One star for me, not for what it is, but what it's become. Uh, Bradford Reed Goodwin says, no Insomnia mixtape would be complete without it, or the Beatles song of the same title. Eric Eddy says, it's the one Fugazi song that my daughter likes. Um, in all honesty, I dig it. I'd like to hear the full version when the drums kick in, etc. And, um... Jason Dick says it's a cool and interesting outlier for Fugazi, or uh, of at least part of a song, but I don't really think what we hear on instrument is really a complete song. It's clearly still in the demo stages, in my opinion. Pete Fraser says it's very Essence of Ian Harmonically. When you listen to the post-Fugazi stuff he went on to do, a lot of the seeds are there in I'm So Tired. You hear the same in the demo instrumental sketch of Caustic Acrostic on Instrument, which I would lay money on him having written at the piano too. And finally, Thomas Harding says, I think it's a good little demo that has been overexposed and done to death. It's also probably the most accessible song the band put out for the bulk of mainstream music fans. It's probably my favorite track on instrument, but that's not saying much because as an album, I don't like instrument, although I think it's wonderful (laughs) in the context of the film. Um, So there you have it. A lot of uh, differing opinions on I'm So Tired. As popular as it is, I think the the real Fugazi fan base is very divided. So." Why don't we talk about how we feel about this song in a segment called Ratings. Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? Where I will ask each of you, in the context of the Fugazi catalog, although this might be hard to put in that context, but uh, from one star to five stars, how do you think I'm So Tired ranks, and do you think it's better than the Beatles' I'm So Tired'? (laughs) No wrong answers. Just interested in your opinions, uh, Becker. Let's go
2: to you. Um, I do not think it's better than the Beatles. I'm so tired. That is a tentpole Beatles tune, uh, especially as tentpole on the White Album. Uh, especially, uh, it's a very earnest uh, John. And and on our show, we talk about it a bit. But it was very worked as a as a final product. And as as you said, and your your listeners said that this is sort of a demo and a, and a sketch that we sort of get a little a little tease of. Um, so I'm I'm certainly giving the Beatles the win on on I'm so tired, but uh, I'm going to solidly say if I'm rating this song on a on a star rating, uh, I'm putting it at a solid three stars. This is a a great tune, and I listened to it. Um, I was excited to be listening to it in preparation for us to be, to be talking about it, and I probably listen to it once a year. It pops up in my life, but um, if I was making my my top ten fugazi, um, this probably isn't on there. Sweet, what do you think uh Scotty?
3: Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree. um it's certainly not better than the Beatles. uh I'm so tired, and i i I'm a vibe kind of guy, like I love a demo, I love an intimate sort of recording, but it, when you're talking about the Fugazi catalog, it you know it doesn't even compare in the slightest bit, so yeah, I think two and a half three stars is pretty fair rating all right.
1: And Tommy. Should I just like hot take this and say it's the best Fugazi song ever <laughs> and it's better than the Beatles and it's like a six star Fugazi tune? No, so I do, some Ian, do you want to join a Beatles
2: podcast? <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, I, I do agree with you guys. I, I'm leaning like that, that I, I was stuck two to three somewhere. So probably the, the two and a half that Scotty threw out is fair. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I probably came into the cast today being like, it's a two. Um, and as we dove into the lyrics, I think I was like, ah, you know, there there is something here, but it's not what I love about Fugazi. And I've I've hinted at that a few times, right? Like, the, this isn't why I listen to Fugazi. It, it would, you know, in an alternate universe, if another band wrote this song um, and, and recorded it a, as a piece, would I be more drawn to it? And it, it, it might be something special for someone else. Fugazi, to me, is a band that does so many extraordinary things. This is kind of ordinary. You know, I do think there are a number of other artists who could have written this. Um, and maybe that's because you're taking out the other three members. What's special about Fugazi, to me, is those four people together playing playing it together. So, yeah, probably two and a half. I'm with you, Scotty.
0: Right on. Did you say if you if you like this better than the Beatles or not?
1: I, I, I like the Beatles one better than this. That's a... a the Beatles I'm so tired is a uh one of my favorites, yeah.
0: I think I'll have to bump it up a little from what you guys are saying. I think I'll go like 3.5 stars. It is a very hard thing to put in context. A more interesting question might be like how do you rank this as an Ian MacKay song like Fugazi, the yes. Evans, Kariki, yeah. like uh all that stuff because it's yeah, it's it's hardly a Fugazi song, right? It's only Ian playing on it. It's it's, it's one of those things that he just sort of wrote out of whole cloth. The band didn't collaborate. It's just like it's pure Ian MacKay down on the page. Um, yeah, as a Fugazi song, I agree. It's not. It's not why I love Fugazi, but also, man, I I'm a sucker for a good pop melody. Like I maybe maybe more so than most people who listen to Fugazi. Like I love that stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's so interesting to say like there are a lot of other people who could have written this. Like I don't know, man. As because writing writing a, a good song that just captures people the way that this has, it's it's kind of a rare thing. Like I've tried to do it, God knows. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> like, that but is like, a very very fair point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, well, um, and I think
0: you me bringing up
1: other other artists and then you saying the evens really boils it down to something much more specific and um, maybe something that that could have happened if this had shown up on an evens record whether he's playing piano or that baritone guitar with amy farina playing the the drums behind him on it um it maybe very well or maybe just him at the piano on an evens record doing this um maybe very well could have been one of my favorite even songs on a record you know
0: yeah ian has said so many times that he really loves playing music with people like that's what he's all about but yeah that this song makes me sort of yearn for Solo Ian MacKay on piano record. Like, I yeah. think that yeah. would be amazing. Like, oh I think yeah. if I want you it. just if you locked that dude in a room for like six months in the studio by himself with a piano, just like just make make an album. I think you would I think you'd hear some amazing stuff. For sure. um, Ian, if you're listening, I will also buy that
2: record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long Put as it's down fifteen dollars uh, on Black Vinyl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going above that.
0: Um, and. Yeah, as far as the question of this one versus the Beatles, I I don't really like "I'm So Tired" by the Beatles as much as you guys do, so it's it's pretty even for me actually. It's a, it's kind of a toss up. Like that's it's to peek behind isn't... the curtain.
2: Ian ducked out of our episode right before we had to rate it, so uh, you know, he didn't he didn't give us his hot take. Yeah, I really chickened out. I know. <laughs> uh, what
3: are some of your top Beatles songs off the top of your head? Maybe I'm just curious.
0: I, I should hold back some information to try to entice you guys to have me back on your podcast at okay. some point. Because I know we haven't we didn't touch on who my favorite Beatles is or what my favorite Beatles album is. So um I want to hold back a little powder, but let's <laughs> see. Uh some of my favorite Beatles songs are <clears throat> um You've Got to Hide Your Love Away is a big yep. favorite of mine. Um I think um of course a day in the life like i feel like there would be no radiohead without a day in the life for Mm -hmm. example like that's an amazing song i like i've just seen a face and your bird can sing um i
1: love and your bird can sing i think that is uh, like an really underrated beatles that's an underrated tune for sure
0: yeah but i also really love uh uh not a lot of people like this one but octopus's garden i think is a fantastic song like that sort of goes to what i was saying before about being a fan of a good pop song love that melody, song love yeah. the tune i love george harrison's playing on that one like that awesome is a yeah. fun guitar song um so yeah there's there's just little I'm, I'm sure there's so many beatles songs that i'm just not thinking of right now no, but, that's uh, great you know there's those are the ones that come to mind and now let me give you guys a chance to do plugs Never mind. Um, as I said before, there's going to be a link to your website and uh, maybe a, just a straight up link to the Apple Podcasts Blotto Beatles uh, down there in the show notes. So listeners can just go down there and click on it. Um, but uh, yeah, any anything else you'd like to say about it? Is there anywhere else online that you can be reached that you'd like to be reached? Um, hey, there's there's a line from the song. <laughs> um, yeah, anything like that. Uh, go for it, guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh Thanks again. Thanks a ton for having having us on, and you've been you've been getting some amazing guests. So for us to be uh, to be up there with everyone, we we really appreciate it. And uh, I can't I can't wait for the Fugaleli episode. And uh, apologies to uh, to Fugaleli. I'm very interested if you do have a small box champion. Uh, I'm going to check that out after this. But uh, thank you and uh, thank you for your listeners for 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 sticking around with us. Um, we're Blotto Beatles. We are a drunken uh, Beatles podcast, and we're available in, in all the places you. You listen, uh, com And, um, we do some stuff on, on Twitter and Instagram at, uh, at So if you liked anything we talked about this evening, you like the Beatles, um, please, uh, please check us out.
3: We also have a phone number, but we only had one call.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you could be our second call.
3: <laughs>
0: that is the kind of joke that I, I go to your podcast for, and I will continue to do so in the future, um. Great, uh, great hanging out with you both uh, over Zoom and uh, just sort of imagining being in the room, listening to your episodes. Uh, so yeah, uh, again, I'll I'll plug Blado Beatles on your behalf once again. And um, hey, I also wanted to say to the listeners, thanks to everyone who uh, donated a few bucks uh, to the podcast for hosting costs. It definitely means a lot to me that you like this show enough to put a little money into it. So that's that's awesome. Those of you who did that, thanks. You can reach me at z at gmail.com, as always, and you can join the Facebook group, The Alphabetical Fugazi, and uh, give me your comments about whatever I'll be recording next. And I hope you'll join me for the next episode, when we'll be discussing In Defense of Humans. Until then, keep your eyes open.